0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, oh retweet. Here with the, the dragons, so we back up in here. Spit fire from the back of your nears, coming straight from the belly of the beast that's in the back of your ear was privileged. That's got you crapping your rear, this panic and fear is damaging. Radical stages of behavior
1: that's got you on a scat-eating Looking for the big batty eating you might find happiness. How? If you can make it through the thing, the done, now we don't visionary Not a vegetarian, but me and me is living weary These kids about to run a riot Flip cars, strip bars, hit class, and silence We don't need a reason, I'm a stylish riot It's riot, it's riot, it's riot. Welcome everybody to 4-Way Fatal, our bi-weekly review of everything NXT UK related here on ESSR Extra. My name's Gary Kernighan and I'm joined by my regular co-host, the Johnny Saint to my Sid scholar Dave Hockney. Dave, how are you doing?
0: I'm not quite sure how that one works. I'm pretty sure I'm at least 10 years younger than you. Ha ha ha!
1: It's uh, the trust I have in you To string a sentence together I think that's what I was referring to
0: Okay maybe that is Probably the closest comparison you've got But age wise I'm definitely (laughs) Age wise I'm definitely said Scala
1: So Takeover Blackpool is
0: tomorrow Dave you excited for Takeover Blackpool 2 Blackpool 2 yeah I'm I'm buzzing for it Like Third Takeover overall um, But yeah given how well last year's went I've got uh, quite high expectations for this one
1: So today our plan is to run down episode 74 of NXT UK. We'll cover the TakeOver Blackpool card and our predictions for what's going to happen. But first, if you haven't done so already, please do check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Suplex Retweet. There is, uh, over the last three weeks, there was only one show of uh, in-ring NXT UK content uh, featured, so that show is episode 74, it aired on Thursday the 2nd of January only one show, because we've alluded to previously, it looks like WWE didn't record enough episodes whilst they were in Hull, (laughs) to fill the time gap between the tapings and take over Blackpool, so instead filled two of the three weeks with a best of uh, show, and the Prime Target documentary, which aired this Thursday. At Dave, over the Christmas break, Santa brought uh, Triple H some extra presents. He brought them the news that NXT and NXT UK would now be shown on BT Sports here in mm. the UK. So, the first episode, of the episode we're going to talk about in a moment, was the first one ever to air on BT Sport. It's interesting in your views. Is this a good move for WWE and NXT UK?
0: I think it's a it's a step definitely in the right direction because obviously at the moment we can only get NXT UK on the network. So being able to move to a prime time sort of network like BT Sport, it's very beneficial for UK viewers. Given that you know with AEW being shown on like ITV, for example, I think WWE mm-hmm. needs that platform to reach out to its UK audience specifically as they've got a UK product. And I still remember back when I first started watching, it was on, this is when WWE was still on Sky Sports. I've only Mm -hmm. ever known their sort of recap shows and sort of maybe a few Monday Night Raw shows as well. They were primarily on Sky Sports. So seeing them move to BT now, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes.
1: Yeah, when the news first broke about WWE leaving Sky to go to BT, I was a little bit sceptical because mm-hmm. I remember be, be, being a being a Scottish football fan. I remember the Scottish football leaving Sky and moving to Satanta, as it was called at the time. Yeah,
0: Satanta Sport. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then when they went, back, eventually went back to Sky. You know, the number of eyes on the product decreased. The Satanta went away. And, w- and in that instance, Scottish football went back to Sky, but in a much weaker position. Sky's in a lot of households, so I was worried that WWE would have less eyes on the product. Mm-hmm. But I've got to say, I think BT's coverage of all WWE products in the two weeks it's been on there has been far superior mm-hmm. to the Sky Sports coverage of it.
0: I think maybe BT's got that edge where they, they recognise WWE. It's not like... They, I think they appreciate the fact that it's a, a somewhat scripted sport, so, but they still treat it as if it's like just as legitimate as any others. In the same way that I think that's what SmackDown was trying to do with Fox, but that's as evident as we've seen. It's kind of fallen a bit flat. But I don't think this is going to be the case with BT because we know like, people in the UK, we take our sport very seriously, they, no matter what whether it's football, rugby or anything else in between. And it's, I think it's good to see BT Sports taking the taking the, the steps to ensure that they give it enough time and attention.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's maybe a benefit for WWE here of being a big fish in a smaller pond, mm. whereas you know, Sky's got so much content. It's got all sorts of random sports that you and I probably would never watch. Yeah, I mean... I've, they've got
0: all these other things there. Yeah, I've got a Sky sky package at the minute and I don't even have sports channels installed that's how it-
1: oh, so your cable package isn't as big as our dear friend K- Kwaku I'm afraid not no no <laughs> uh, interesting with uh, NXT UK going on to the network I think potentially uh, sorry not on the network onto BT Sports We'll give WWE some more cash. I don't know how financially viable NXT UK is. I don't know if the money it makes from ticket sales and Mm. so on is enough to cover the cost of running the division. I doubt it is. So it might help make it more financially viable for WWE.
0: I think specifically for NXT UK I think this could actually be really beneficial because at the moment well, end of last year you can only watch it on the network and I don't think there was maybe a lot of uh, Audiences, you know, that are more sort of family in the family demographic that would invest in the WWE network just for NXT UK. So the Mm -hmm. fact that it's getting a bit more airtime on BT Sport and it appeals to a family audience, I think this could definitely help more with uh, selling out events in the UK.
1: Yeah, which has been difficult for WWE. The the takeover cards have been the only ones that have really sold out.
0: Mm. Even, Even the Glasgow tapings, you know, we're a very sort of wrestling favorable town, given you know we've got the ICW crowd as well. Like, but, but even half the arena was almost empty.
1: I was really surprised at how poorly attended that that taping was. I thought it would, you know, going by the buzz on social media, I thought this was going to be a slam dunk sellout. Mm. For it, but no, it was not the case. It's inter- one of the things reasons I think this is quite interesting is NXT UK. And two o five live are really the only original weekly broadcast you got in the network. Because mm-hmm. you know, with NXT moving on to the USA network, mm-hmm. so uh, I did wonder: does this decrease the value of having a WWE network subscription? But the value you get with the net, you know if you just want to watch pay per views mm-hmm.
0: pays for its it pays for itself mm-hmm, definitely. Because, like, box office pay-per-views were costing about 15, 20 quid, whereas with just a tenner a month, you can get maybe multiple pay-per-views and possibly a takeover as well.
1: Yeah, I can't remember the exact figure off the top of my head, but even in the States, I think it's $40 per pay-per-view. That's crazy. So $9.99 a month is a absolute steal for that. hmm Anyway, moving on a little bit, we had four matches featuring ten wrestlers on NXT UK this week. But interestingly enough, only three of those ten wrestlers were from the UK: Dave Mastiff, Liguero, and Ashton Smith. And all four matches featured someone sent from N- sent to NXT UK from NXT in the United States. So we had Conor Reese, Ono, the Outliers, and Alexander Wolfe. Really interested. I was really interested in <laughs> in this when I was watching it. Um, interesting, your views, Dave. Does this uh, uh, American influx help the UK division?
0: See, it's a bit of a tricky one because see, these guys like Kona uh, Reeves and the outliers. You don't, you didn't really see them on NXT full sale as much compared to some of the other guys. So I think having them take a step step down almost to maybe a smaller audience that helps them in a way get a bit more exposure. So it's not really a a, a thing to sort of really damage the UK product. It's more just a case of maybe showcasing some full, showcasing some full sale talent that may not have got the got the rub given that NXT in the USA is so fully loaded at the minute and. With uh, Alexander Wolfe as well, you know, there's the UK NXT is pretty much including a lot of European-born wrestlers. So I think he could be argued as a bit of an exception to that rule.
1: I don't think there's any doubt that this is beneficial for WWE and the way WWE develops talent to be able to send folk here. Because I think Conan Reese looks like a star when he walks out in Mm the hall. Um, see, and Alexander see, Wolf. What, he, what, what was he main eventing before he arrived At NXT UK so I don't think there's any doubt That it's a good thing for, mm-hmm. for WWE overall I just wondered because these are spots That that Could have And one might have thought because it's a UK division That UK base performers Would be taking So I don't think there's any doubt that this is a good Development for WWE In the round and how WWE Develops talent Mm-hmm. What I was interested in, when I was looking at it a little bit. Is the spots that these athletes, these superstars, were taking could, and arguably should, should have been spots that UK-based performers could have had access to instead.
0: Yeah, it's. Um, I, th- I think they they have to sort of try and find a balance between you know bringing in. All the, the fresh talent in from the UK, but at the same time they have to sort of complement that with some, some star power, you know, things like you know the names you've just mentioned. Uh Cassius Ono in particular, he sort of made a bit of an, an odd transition saying he's a he's now a, a British technical wrestler when I mean the joke is he's actually from Ohio and he's a bit of a, a striker, but yeah, it's just about finding the balance really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it may just be a, a one-off, we've just happened to have had a show. Which has had a disproportionate amount of non UK based performers. Mm-hmm. And I and make a, a class difference between the, the athletes we've been talking about and somebody like Tony Storm or Travis Banks, who are actually based, located out of the UK mm-hmm. and performing here, even though not from uh, the country. And maybe what's also interesting and what's weighing in my mind is this turned out to be the go home show for TakeOver. And I would argue that this go-home show did very little to further some of the angles which are leading to matches uh-huh. TakeOver.
0: I think the problem, well. yeah, it's just because of the way it's taped as well. There's, uh, I think it's covered over two nights, but they have enough content to fill out about six weeks of episodes. Because there was a lot of uh, talent that are featured on the TakeOver card, which didn't really make an appearance this week. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely
1: So let's uh, let's talk about some of the ma- matches So, although he has a French name He is based in the UK He's from the Midlands We have mm. the big Frenchman Dave Mastiff Taking <laughs> on thick. the man we were referring to a moment ago Conor Reeves mm-hmm. uh, First time I think we've seen Dave for a while He comes out with a, a, a new look mm-hmm. uh, It's also the first... Takeover card, UK based takeover card that Dave Mastiff hasn't been booked on. This was Kona's second appearance in Hull, mm-hmm. his first match coming against Travis Banks a couple of weeks ago. What were your thoughts and reflections on the match, Dave?
0: See, there was a, a statement you said earlier on it was, uh, you know, big fish in a small pond. I think this is the case with Kona Reeves because he carried himself so well as a heel character. Like, But it definitely appealed to, sort of, say, maybe a world of sport type audience where it's a bit more family-friendly. Uh, Dave Mastadnir, nothing can really be taken away from hi- him either. He's been very, he's been a very consistent performer, and it's a shame he's missing out on a, a takeover, but there's so many other feuds going on at the minute, I think they just require that spot on the takeover. I
1: thought once again that Kona Rees was absolutely dynamite on the microphone. Really good heel work, almost shades of a... Jerry the King Lawler with some of the comments and the way he was baiting the crowd at points and baiting his opponent.
0: Yeah, definitely, he does uh, come across like the classic cookie cutter type heel. You know, just insults the audience, makes cheap excuses like he was jet lagged, didn't get his vitamins in. (laughs) Uh, But it's it's basic uh, heel tactic one hundred one. You know, make excuses and just point fingers.
1: Yeah, I thought this was a decent match. It got off to a good, fast-paced start, which I always like in a open match. Mm-hmm. And Ma- Mastiff can really move for a big man, can't he?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Although I think most of the offense actually came from Kona Reeves a bit, mm-hmm. and that, that showcase that does wonders for him as well because he's, uh, you know, he he needs a big sort of breakout moment, and you know, this is I think his time on NXT UK has actually done really well for him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Mastiff scores the victory here after after hitting that cannonball into the corner mm-hmm. And uh, they have to scrape up what's left of corner following that move mm-hmm. The next match we have was uh, announced the week before It was
0: Liguero versus
1: Cassius Ono And as you mm-hmm. touched on earlier on, Dave, Ono is no longer the knockout artist He is now a wrestling genius
0: The wrestling genius, yeah
1: and he tried to tell that story in this match, holding back from the moves that he would, the hard-hitting moves that he would normally do mm-hmm. to wrestle this match. Don't know what you thought about this match. I thought it was okay. Um, I just, there was nothing about this match that really hooked me into it.
0: Uh, it wasn't really my favorite, but in terms of like match quality, but I think the, the character development for Cassie Ono is actually doing pretty, pretty good at the minute. Because he is a bit, well, he is a bit delusional on the fact that he thinks he's the greatest British British wrestler ever. But joke is, he's he's from Ohio. So, but um, they, the what I really liked was he. I don't think he resorted to any striking moves at no. all, and he's very much a, a striking competitor. And but the way he was sort of interacting with Lagero is like, don't make me hit you. Don't make me hit you. <laughs> it's, it was almost kind of funny in a way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The, the match finished with the, a tap out from Legero to the Cassis Clutch which I thought mm. looked like a pretty good and devastating finish.
0: I like it, yeah, especially when he hangs him up like a... almost like a... like when he's got his feet off the ground. Well, mm-hmm. in a sort of crossface style format it works just as well. Yeah, absolutely.
1: The next match we had was a tag team match Oliver Carter and Ashton Smith Ashton Smith, friend of the show We Mm -hmm. have a really I think a really great interview with uh, Ashton Smith in our back catalogue They were taking on the outliers Who we were talking about earlier on And one of the things that really Caught me in this match was How over Ashton Smith's Whoop
0: Dog, yeah Whoop (laughs) I mean, it's such a simple thing, but it's, it's something you could do for like, uh, for like hours on end.
1: And it's interesting. Ashton has been in recent months has been featured on the shows and getting a decent amount of time, but coming up in the losing end of the matches. However, mm-hmm. that would change this week. The outliers looked like they had the match. won, got a bit cocky, took their eye off the ball. Smith rolls Riddick Moss up into a small package secures the victory, secures their first victory on NXT UK.
0: Mm. It's a shame really because I, I actually had a sneaking suspicion that the Outliers were going to win this one, given yeah. that they lost to The Hunt in sort of quite a embarrassing fashion. But this time was even more embarrassing for the Outliers because, Just, you know, the those two are the sort of guys who would debut on... If it was Raw or SmackDown, for example, they would go up against a, maybe a lesser tag team and they would just squash them. Because Riddick Moss and Dorian Mack are the two, are like two guys I think Vince McMahon would just hire in a heartbeat just for the way they looked. And I think... I mean, nothing, nothing to take away from Oliver Carter and Ashton Smith because they're both actually really good. But I did get the impression this was going to be a bit of a squash match. Uh, for the outliers to win But I, I was genuinely surprised When Ashton got the roll up And they got the win for the team
1: mm-hmm. Oh I couldn't agree with you more I felt exactly the same Really pleased for Ashton Smith Um said he uh, comes across In our interview with him As a real genuine person And mm. I love sort of his work In ICW where he plays A very very different uh, Character or part Mm-hmm. When the, the tag team with uh, Rampage Brown.
0: Aye, POD, yeah? Uh,
1: yeah, a couple of other things that happened on the show, a couple of behind the scenes uh, and skits and promos. So we had Tony Storm come out to cut a promo. She talked about how Kaylee Ray had got into her head. She wanted to apologise to Piper Niven, which she did do. But that mm-hmm. led it into a, a request for Piper Niven to step aside to f- To step out of this match, and one of the things I learned uh, from this, which uh, I suspect, uh, being from Glasgow, we know not to do, is don't pull uh, a girl from this area from behind, mm-hmm. uh, because in this instance, it led to a Glasgow kiss, and yep. the fight was on.
0: <laughs> yeah, th- this was uh, this is quite interesting, given that you know, I think I can sense. A Tony Storm heel turn coming because mm. you know she's acting a lot more heelish now. Against you know, Piper Niven's obviously a, the face character in all this, and Tony's kind of a bit between her. So it's good having that mix of those two characters, along with Kaylee Ray being a full heel on this one. But this match, I think this is going to be quite interesting because it definitely seems like the most unpredictable one. Yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely. We had uh, another behind the scenes skits we had our, our dear friend yeah, uh, being interviewed but then interrupted by Joseph Connors who we hadn't mm. seen for a wee while it felt like he then continues his TakeOver worthy commentary um, he's not on the card for TakeOver Blackpool but that doesn't mean he won't make an appearance where would you mm-hmm. put your money Day? do you think we'll see him
0: I think, we w- I think we will I think we discussed this last time as well like, Joseph Connors has been crusading to get a a match on TakeOver. I'm not entirely convinced it's going to be against A-Kid. No. But I think that would be the safe option. Because we discussed before that if Connors is going to have a TakeOver, then it is an opportunity to bring in someone from, from one of the, the bigger shows to get more eyes on the product.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Finn Balor's appearance at the first TakeOver was not announced and was a genuine surprise. Mm-hmm. So Spazaro's appearance at uh, TakeOver Cardiff was announced in advance, and if you're having somebody from the States appear um, in advance, it would make sense to me to promote that to get some more eyes in the product. So it looks like if Connor's going to do something, and I think he absolutely should. If he don't, it feels like a missed opportunity um, that he will maybe interrupt one of the matches, which tends not to happen too much at takeovers. You mm-hmm. might interrupt one of the matches or he might just get crashed the ring and issue an open challenge and then somebody will appear to answer the challenge. Yeah, I would probably put my money more on the latter
0: happening. I think so too, yeah. I think maybe if, maybe he'll attack a kid backstage or something and then that sets them up for the TV tapings. But for a takeover, the, I think Connors needs a, a a big name to go up against.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And talking about big names, so we had Casazono walking backstage, cutting a wee bit of a promo, and then he makes a few disparaging comments, and Dave Master if it appears behind him. I would love to see these two go at it. I think that would be a great match.
0: Definitely looks like that's where they're going, you know, two, these two big men just going at it. Like, and just the interaction between the two, you could see there were sparks between them. I think this could be a, a really good feud.
1: Yeah. And all that leaves us now, Dave, is our main event, Ilya Dragunov versus Alexander Wolf. I was mm. looking forward to this match after their previous outing. This match lasted 20 minutes. For my money, uh, if you haven't seen it, I'd say go and watch it, but for my money, this continues the trend we've seen of... Me- Main events on NXT UK, hitting it out of the park. I absolutely loved this match.
0: Yeah, there's... You know, given how well their first match went, I was really pleased with how this match turned out. Because, you know, you had every kind of spot you could wish for. You had the traditional kendo stick. Oh, the kendo sticks.
1: Oh, my goodness. Alexander (laughs) Wolf handled that kendo stick like a Jedi with a lightsaber.
0: That's exactly the practical comparison I was thinking. Like he knows how to work the kendo stick, you know, he's swinging it around and, you know, almost flawlessly.
1: I love the little sort of sh- sh- shots he did to the, the the flicks almost to the back of the legs and the back. It was almost reminiscent of the movie Midnight Express, <laughs> of the guy being tortured in Turkey uh, the Turkish prison with the uh, the cricket bat to the soles of his feet.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't just wild swinging of the kendo stick like most feuds would go, you know, this was this was a calculated approach with the kendral and I loved every minute of it.
1: And Elias' re- retaliation when he did the 619 type manoeuvre out of the ring, outside of the ring, swung off the apron and hit Wolf really high up, almost in the, the che- high chest throat area. With mm-hmm. the kendral that looked
0: absolutely wicked. Yeah, I, I don't see why, like, like anytime there's a kendo like a kendo state gets involved in a match the guys aren't more creative like that but there was a bit of in in their defense there was a bit more psychology between Dragonov and Wolf so having that sort of teacher student mentality where he's almost teaching Dragonov a lesson that it, it made more sense in this circumstance
1: yeah and we were critical of the lack of this that story being told before they got in the ring last time so mm-hmm. Credit where credit's due for continuing it and it did come across and play out very nicely in this match but you're absolutely right, this match had everything we had Death Valley Driver onto the ring apron, we had the chair throws which looked wicked we had a Mm -hmm. coast-to-coast German suplex onto a pile of chairs and the move I I thought was so well done, I'm not sure why we've not seen it before now, was the fingers being jammed into the chairs
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I was just about to get to I think you know, and they had the, the just before that as well. He had the guillotine shot as well, where he jammed the uh-huh. chair into his throat. But, but the the hand crush as well. I mean, that just looks sore to watch. And I think Nigel summed it up best when he said, uh, "Draganov's hands already swelling."
1: Yeah, and Draganov sold it really well. And then you're left in the position of oh. how's Draganov going to defeat this man when he can't mm-hmm. use his hands? And his answer to it was to do a Death Valley driver through the table and then hit the t- Torpedo Moscow, I think they call it, when he runs from the corner and hits him with a, essentially like a big forearm.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what, what it was called, but yeah, just that move in the corner, yeah.
1: And he secures the pinfall after that really hard to match. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, after the match, we see Imperium appear for the beatdown. I was a wee bit surprised we didn't see Imperium during the match, given the story that was being told, and the mm. point of this match was for Imperium to take off out to make sure he wouldn't be a factor in Blackpool. So they came down for the beat beatdown. Walter appeared, but he never made it to the ring because Joe Coffey snuck up behind him. When Walter turned round, eh, Coffey hit him with a massive lariat.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: for my money, a really strong main event. Yep. Well, and as I mentioned earlier on, and my, uh, my criticism of this show is I don't think it did enough to follow many of the angles as we head into takeover, mm-hmm. with the exception of the women's championship. And we had this very brief interaction between Joe Coffey and Walter. Yeah. Well, so, Takeover Blackpool is tomorrow, and let's, let's have a rundown of the cards. So, we've got five matches announced. We have Trent Seven versus Eddie Dennis, Tyler Bate versus Jordan Devlin. We have the four way Fatal Tag yep. Team Title ladder match, mm-hmm. Gallus versus Grizzled Veterans versus Imperium versus Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. Triple threat match for the Women's Championship, Kaylee Ray versus Tony Storm versus Piper Niven. And then the main event for the WWE UK Championship: Joe Coffey versus Walter. Let's run through the card. Let's um, let's take a couple of minutes to discuss the build-up, her thoughts on what how, how that felt like, mm-hmm. our predictions, and what we think might happen next. So let's start with let's start with Trent Seven and Eddie Dennis. Yep. Uh, we've discussed before, this is a feud where which has developed over the course of the last six weeks. The batch of tapings conducted at Hull. We head into this match. I don't think, we, we still don't know what Eddie Dennis's problem with Trent Seven is, but we're going to have a match. Mm-hmm. What's been your thoughts on the build-up, Dave?
0: It's been quite interesting because obviously Eddie Dennis hasn't had a... Uh, has he had a match since he's been back? I think he has.
1: Um, yes he has he had a a squash victory uh, Mm. and I can't remember the name of Mm -hmm. the person that he did so. right
0: well I can actually see this be the the launching pad for a continuation of this feud because obviously Trent Seven you know he's, uh, he's obviously been preaching about how the UK brand has really sort of taken off so well but Eddie Dennis has obviously been out with injury and stuff and I think he needs a strong comeback and I think this This whole interaction he's had with Trent is definitely uh, probably one of the best things he could have done.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think this um, this is a feud that will continue. I think Dennis needs the victory and I think Dennis will get the victory so he would be my prediction. Who would you? Who's your prediction on?
0: I'm also going to go with Eddie Dennis because he needs a strong return win and a loss doesn't really harm Trent at this stage anymore.
1: No. We have another feud, which is really, for my money, just getting started. That's Tyler Bate versus Jordan Devlin. I don't think the build-up for this match has been great, but it's a match that I really want to see.
0: I disagree. I think that the the build has actually been quite cleverly done. Because it's been an interaction between, you know, there's backstage segments and then there's there's no physical contact within like whenever they interact in the ring. And but having the having a kid, you know, sort of be the the sort of mutual link between these two. I think that that's kind of where this feud sort of came about. And seeing them, you know, evolve into a feud of their own. I think this is. I think this could potentially be match of the night.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. I think it could be a real show stealer. I mean, Tyler Bate does not have a bad match. Um, no, he never does yet. And Jordan Devlin's incredibly talented as well. Um, I think when I say the build up's not been great, I think it's been very subtle as you as you articulated really well. Mm-hmm. The lack of physical contact's probably will come to the conclusion of it's I don't think it's been great. I think this is a feud that probably will continue as well. Mm. It's not really a, it's not at the point with a blow off. I think Devlin needs the victory, more of the two. Uh-huh. But I, in this instance, I don't see him getting it. I think Tyler Bate will, will secure the victory in this match.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think I was originally going to go for Devlin because he would benefit the most from a win. But now that you've said I think this feud could potentially continue, I think Tyler is going to get this one. And then Devlin goes into a fit of rage over it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We have a multi- Team Tag Title Match or Four Way Fatal? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think this match could really steal the show. Mm. And I I think you could make. I think the build up to this match has been really good. I think you can make a case actually for any of the teams to win. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's all different wrinkles of stories you could tell. Yep. Uh, But I, I see, I see Imperium. Taking this match,
0: yeah, I think Imperium would be the the most solid bet here because there was a really good promo package hyping up all the teams for this match, and they all came across like really well with each other. Like Webster and Andrews, they definitely seem the most comfortable with a ladder match stipulation, obviously being high flyers themselves. Whereas the other teams, you know, they haven't really expressed a lot of you know joy about taking part in a ladder match but it's imperium that comes across really well in saying well the the latter match is everything we I, we stand against but if that's what it takes to become tag team champions then so be it.
1: Yeah, I think they've benefited immensely from being on NXT UK. They look like a and mm. function like a really solid really solid team. Yeah, but I think this Will probably be a car crash. It will be, <laughs> I'm sure there'll be moments that we'll watching this, we win as we see some of the things that uh, the wrestlers' bodies are going through, mm-hmm. and um, it will be a, a sight to behold. Um, and NXT ladder matches generally, I mean, go down incredibly well. That's six-way mm-hmm. ladder match for the North American title
0: Yeah, I've got is
1: one of NXT's top-ever matches, isn't it? Yeah, I
0: think it was uh, one of two five-star matches from the same takeover. So I've got really high hopes for this ladder match. And just one other point, I think the reason Imperium's going to get this is because we're still on the build towards Worlds Collide and the main event is going to be Undisputed Era versus Imperium. So it'd be good to have like a good balance of champions on both sides because undisputed still hold all the gold, mm-hmm. and I think both sides need to have at least the main championships and the tag team championships. It gives it a bit of balance.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now we've talked a little bit about the women's match, so we've got this triple. So just sorry, just to check. Uh, so you're picking yes, P.M. as I'm well. Going so with we've P.M. agreed. We've agreed on all three so far. We're we're three for three here, yeah. Agreeing the fourth one, Kaylee Ray, Tony Storm, Piper Niven. The tension's been building between Tony and Piper, which changes the dynamics of this match from being two faces and one heel to one face, one heel, one tweener. Mm -hmm. Tony's appears to be at that sort of desperate stage. It reminded me a wee bit of um, Steve Austin heading into WrestleMania 17. I have to win this. Mm And you get the sense that she'll do whatever it takes to win the championship. Definitely, yeah. just to add a little wrinkle to the story, Tony Storm appeared on NXT on Wednesday night to put a challenge out to Rhea Ripley, which we will see at World's Collide.
0: Who's your pick for this match, Dave? (sighs) See, this was the trickiest one for me because there's so many different ways that this could go. But there's also been rumors floating around about the the condition of the competitors as well but Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go a bit risky here and i'm gonna go with piper nevin because i have seen rumors floating around that kaylee ray is possibly working injured but i'm taking that with a pinch of salt i'm just gonna assume that she's still operating at 100 at the moment Mm -hmm. and out of this i could potentially see a feud between uh, Piper Niven and Tony Storm, with Tony Storm being a heel character, and, oh, and I have to take into consideration Worlds Collide as well, where in NXT this week she was teasing of becoming Tony Two Belts. So, but I'm not sure that's gonna gonna come around. I think Rhea Ripley needs a strong run as NXT Women's Champion. So, against my better judgment and with a little bit of luck, I am going to go with Piper Niven.
1: <laughs> Obviously, we don't know the the status of Kayleigh Ray. If she is working with an injury, a triple threat match might be helpful mm-hmm. because they can they can have times then where she is out of the ring and potentially can limit the interaction she has. But leave it. If we leave the injury to one side, actually, my pick to win this match, I think, will be Kay. I'm going to put my money on Kaylee Ray. Mm-hmm. And I think the feud that might follow this will be
0: Kayleigh and Piper. Yeah, that was my other alternative, but I wasn't too sure. It was, again, just too much unpredictability with Worlds Collide and, you know, where could we potentially go? But I think that unpredictability is actually, I think, is what's going to make this a really good match because you don't know which way it's going to go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the main event, Joe Coffey versus Walter. What do you think of the build-up to this match?
0: Ah, it's I'm really pleased that Joe is back in this position, you know, like he was a year ago, because he is definitely worthy of being United Kingdom champion. But what I don't like about it is, is the fact it just doesn't seem to be like universal praise for this build. Like, because there's a, fan, a lot of fans who are not happy about this main eventing. I can't really understand why, because we've seen Joe Coffey in ICW like many times, and he always, is what is one of the top performers?
1: Yeah, there does seem to be going by the reactions online. There does seem to be a north south, Scotland England divide to this. Mm. The people, the Scottish fans like us that have are more familiar with Joe's work, are behind him on it, and the the questioning I think is. Uh, from from fans that are less familiar with his with his work i think joe has you know this joe's featured all three takeovers he's one of a, a handful of people that have done so mm-hmm. he's always in the upper upper cart of nxt uk mm-hmm. he's not a particularly likable character. And uh, we've talked before about our guy, he was a face. I don't think he's been presented on NXT UK in a way that makes him particularly likable, that people mm. would rally behind him. So I, I do get some of it, but the, I disagree, fundamentally disagree with anybody that says this is not worthy of a main event. Mm-hmm. I think these two could, I think these two will have a really hard hitting. Physical match, mm-hmm. and uh, it will be very different to the other matches we've seen on this card as well. I like the story of it being one year in the
0: making, yeah. As well, they did really good with that build and the fact that you know when Walter made his debut, Joe was the one to suffer for it. So it's good they're sort of coming full circle with it.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's really good. Uh, I think the main event championship picture in NXT UK suffers. There is not a lot of people. I think at that stature, yet that Mm. could carry the championship. We've had, we've got Pete Dunne, Tyler Bate, Walter, Joe's now being elevated in that area. Mm -hmm. So, for whoever comes out of this match as a champion, in my money, there's not an obvious next challenger for them. Mm
0: -hmm. I could see Walter Uh, holding this championship for a very long time. mm
1: -hmm. So, when it comes to, um, putting your money down, Dave. Who's your prediction?
0: I mean, I hate to go against Joe, but I'm going to go with Walter. Is
1: it head over heart in this instance yeah, for you? Yeah,
0: that's exactly what it is. And I have to consider long-term booking and the fact that you know, we've got Worlds Collide coming up. Walter needs to go in as the champion.
1: I think that adds another wrinkle to this, because um, if Walter retains an Imperial t- the tag champions, you then head in to the match where it was collated, where actually the only person in the match that doesn't late man tag match that doesn't have a championship is Alexander Wolfe. Mm. The tag champions from two brands, yeah, two brands. Sorry, the world champions from both brands and the North American champion and Roderick Strong.
0: See, I'm glad you brought that up because this week in NXT there has been a bit of a development because, uh, well, spoiler alert: there was a fatal four way to determine the number one contender for Roderick Strong. Keith Lee won it and he's he's facing Roderick Strong for the NXT North American Championship in two weeks right before Worlds Collide So he might not go into it as a champion That's my prediction I think Roderick Strong could very well lose the North American title to Keith Lee before Worlds Collide and then that evens the playing field for Undisputed Era and Imperium
1: One of the questions I've been pondering is where does Joe, if Joe Coffee does not win the championship, where does he go next in this equation? And I don't know the answer to that. And I quite kind of like that I don't know the answer mm. to some of these things. I like it. It's not obviously predictable well. I'm going to, I'm going to put my money on Joe Coffey to walk out of Blackpool as the champion. Bold. In this one. So we've agreed in the first three, differed on the latter two, on the Women's Championship and also on the Mm -hmm. WWE UK Championship. So those are our thoughts and predictions. I'm excited. I think on paper, this is a very strong card. Mm -hmm. I think we've got some really talented performers there and some matches that could absolutely blow the audience away.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, if Cardiff was anything to go by, like, there's going to be at least one five-star match on this card.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. What what would be your pick then of the five matches? What's the one you think might steal the show?
0: My first response would be the ladder match, but I think it's going to be Bait and Devlin.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think Bait and Devlin will be great. The ladder match will be great, but for an entirely different reason. Mm-hmm. I think Coffee and Walt will be a real hard-hitting match, which will be, I, th- I think, will be great to watch. I don't think it will be anywhere near a five-star match. I can see Meltzer <laughs> giving it a, you know, a two maybe Who? top three-star rating. Yeah, that <laughs> that guy. Right. Um, so we are well and truly on the road to Blackpool. I'm leaving at 9.30 tomorrow morning to drive down. Looking (laughs) forward (laughs) immensely to it. There is lots of action to come on NXT Take UK. There will be a TV taping either before or immediately after the TakeOver show, which will air next week on, on the network. There's then a proper weekend of TV tapings on the 17th and 18th of January happening in Hull. And then, Dave, as you mentioned, 25th of January, Worlds Collide. And this card is shaping up to be exceptional. Yeah. So far, three matches announced. Ilya Dragunov versus Finn Balor. Holy Storm, Storm that is versus Rhea Ripley. Undisputed Era versus Imperium. And if, I'm excited about these matches already. We don't know what the full card's going to be. You, you, sorry, I talked over you there when you were talking about no, no, Ilya I, and Finn. That match... Will be worth the price of admission
0: on its own, uh, definitely. And the the main event itself, that is going to be. That's how you sell your top factions.
1: I read uh, some reports online that tickets for this particular event aren't selling very well. Um,
0: well, for Worlds Collide,
1: which, yeah, which surprises me a little bit. I know Worlds Collide previously, when it was presented, was presented. At, you know, it was filmed at Fan Access. It was then put in the network. So I, th- I'm thinking. I- I'm going to assume that people think it's that type of show. Mm-hmm. But actually, going by this card, this is a you know, you could take out the World's Collide name, just call it Takeover, mm-hmm. <laughs> and people would be excited. You know, people should be excited about these matches.
0: It's uh it does have the feel of a takeover to it, but I think they have to call it World's Collide to sort of keep that brand going. But it doesn't really make a difference as long as they keep the feuds going and sell the matches. That it will it will be a roaring success.
1: Yeah, I don't care what they call it if they give us matches like this,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like Ballard Dragonov. Like that is going to be unreal.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and I'm looking forward to seeing the faction warfare. That match mm-hmm. um, could be could be mental.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So a big month coming up for NXT UK takeover yep. this weekend. T- tapings and Hull. The following week, and then Mm -hmm. the week after that, worlds collide. It's it's,
0: gonna be uh, exciting times.
1: It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. It's a great time to be a fan of NXT UK. It's a great time to be doing a podcast talking about NXT UK because we've got plenty of content. (laughs) Yeah, to get our teeth sunk into going forward. I think that would probably do it for this week. Mm -hmm. We'll be back in two weeks' time with the next episode. Of Four Way Fatal here on ESSR Extra. Dave, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everybody enjoys TakeOver Blackpool and I can't wait. Thanks everyone.